You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Film Watch Wednesday episode of Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day here, every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is a refreshment that you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. The news around Drew Brees' injuries continue to pile on. We've got a quick update to open up the show as the future Hall of Famer takes the next steps in his process to recovery and explore how many times he's been hit this season. Then we'll take a look at how this offense should look differently for better or for worse against the Falcons, what could happen with Winston under center, and why matching up with Atlanta actually plays to his and Taysom Hill's favor. Then we'll wrap up with our Film Watch Wednesday three impact plays from Sunday's win against the San Francisco 49ers and what Football Outsiders is calling one of the best run defenses in NFL history. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, and your Tuesday co-host of Locked On NFL. We got all that and a little bit of lanyard for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. New Orleans Saints quarterback Drew Brees is seeking a second opinion to gather more information about the full scope of his injuries. It's our New Orleans Saints lead story of the day today with Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. According to Ed Werder of ESPN, Drew Brees is sending over his scans to another medical specialist to get a second opinion as he's still trying to figure out the full scope of his chest injuries. He tweeted this out on Tuesday morning. Tests performed on Monday revealed that Brees had multiple fractured ribs on both sides of his chest and a collapsed lung. Now the intent is to see if there is even more damage. You'll notice that on some of the tweets and some of the information that came out, a lot of speculation around the idea of whether or not it was only five injuries or five fractured ribs or five or more fractured ribs uh, that would end up being found on these scans. So for the Saints quarterback who was found to have two fractured ribs on the right side, three fractured ribs on the left side, and a collapsed lung, He's now trying to get further detail, and the team is trying to get further detail about what the full scope of those injuries may be. One of the reasons why they're doing that is because at the moment, they've mentioned that going on injured reserve isn't necessarily an option for Drew Brees and something that they weren't interested in exploring. However, if these injuries are more extensive and there are a greater number of fractured ribs or problems, then now they are looking at the idea of putting him on injured reserve. If he does end up going on IR, remember, it doesn't mean the end of his season anymore. It means instead that he'll miss at least three games, meaning that the December 13th game up against the Philadelphia Eagles would be the earliest game that he could come back. That game is on the road. That would give him one game ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs game. The other option would be to give him a little bit of additional time to come back either at that Chiefs game, which I think not the best idea, but you could see him then return a little bit later, the Minnesota Vikings game or even the Carolina Panthers game to wrap up the season. So you'll see a little bit more about this as information continues to pile on about what exactly is going on with Drew Brees, what are the true extent of his injuries, and how long is he going to miss. Now, the big question around all of that will also be around how much this team can keep him from being re-injured, because a conversation of re-injury, of course, needs to be a part of that return timetable. If keeping him out an additional one or two weeks beyond that three-week IR window means that he could heal to a certain place to where re-injury is less of a factor, 
then perhaps that ends up being a true option for the Saints, especially depending upon the performance of the quarterbacks, Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston in his stead. Now, just how is it exactly that Drew Brees got injured? A lot of folks will point to the Contavia Street sack against the San Francisco 49ers. But remember, he came into that game with fractured ribs as well. Catherine Terrell of The Athletic took a look at every single snap that Drew Brees has played so far this season and counted up essentially every time that Drew Brees ended up taking a shot, not including times, as Terrell says in the article, that a defender ran into Brees after the play, although such shots could have played a role in the gradual wearing down as well. It's directly from her article. She also looked at Pro Football Reference and Pro Football Focus, who list Drew Brees as having in their advanced passing metrics been hit only 18 times in terms of their statistics. However, as she went through all of the game film, she found 43 different times where Drew Brees had taken a shot in the backfield. So a lot of it is going to be about not only making sure that Drew Brees is healthy enough and effective enough when he gets back out on the field that he can play in the first place, but also what the Saints need to do in order to correct their pass protection packages to keep him safe once he does return. So more information on this will be coming shortly as Drew Brees is seeking his second opinion to figure out the true extent of his injuries. It'll tell us how long he'll miss and exactly what we should expect for the Saints moving forward in these next few weeks. And of course, we'll keep you up to date every step of the way here on Locked on Saints, but we also have to look at the wider story as well. How does this affect the Saints moving forward from the offensive perspective without Drew Brees? Because the rest of the team still has to go out and practice and still has to go out and perform on Sunday, even without him, the world won't stop with Drew Brees out. So we'll take a look next at what this offense may look like for better or for worse with Winston and how this upcoming matchup with the Atlanta Falcons may be actually good news for both Winston and Taysom Hill. We'll talk about exactly why and what that offense might look like here in just a moment and Locked on Saints, your team every day. When it comes to staying in shape, sometimes it can be hard to find the time to get it done. So you have to build it in as a part of your routine. And that's why I love Echelon Fitness products. When it comes to getting and staying in shape, nothing feels as good as the feeling of accomplishment or hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your own home. And with their world-class instructors, they'll motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes always available when you need them. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone and one membership Let's up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try Echelon Fitness Equipment at home for 30 days. Just go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash NFL. All right, Huda Nation, it is Locked on Saints with your host, Ross Jackson. I appreciate you for being here. If it's your first time catching the show, don't forget to subscribe so you can catch every single episode as it drops every Monday through Friday, every single day of the week. We're here with you on Locked on Saints. We appreciate you being here. Just let you know, on Friday's episode, we're going to be joined by the Saints legend and great Deuce McAllister. Going to preview the game a little bit, talk a bit about Drew Brees' injury and that running back tandem and offensive line for the New Orleans Saints, what we can expect to see on Saturday. And we're going to start to dig into that here a little bit. You're also going to see some of those clips come out because we're going to do a, a Zoom conference. So I'll be able to share some video clips out on social media as well. So make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola. 
that you can get a bit of a sneak peek ahead of the episode on Friday as we preview. And don't forget tomorrow's episode, we got Aaron Freeman locked on Falcons coming through for our crossover preview of the Saints and Falcons game this weekend. So let's go ahead and, and kind of tip our hat into that uh, that ring here a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about how this offense should look a lot different with Jameis Winston under center than with Drew Brees. Not necessarily for, I guess it's a little bit for better or for worse, right? Because as we've had several conversations about here on the show before, air yardage, intended air yardage, air yardage per attempt, all those averages don't equate success. For example, Jameis Winston has been near the top of the NFL every season since 2016 in attempted air yards or intended air yards per throw, according to NFL Next Gen Stats. He's over 10 yards per throw in that metric. But when you look at Drew Brees, he's only exceeded since 2016 seven air yards per throw or an average of intended air yards above seven yards once, one season so far since 2016. And that was in 2016. Every year since then, he's been near the bottom, 6.3, 6.8, 6.7, somewhere around there. So you can expect to see at least more air yardage in this game and more of an attack by Sean Payton and Jameis Winston with some deep shots dialed up. They get taken advantage of things like that. So it is going to force Atlanta to play a little bit further down the field than we've seen defenses have to play up against the Saints over the last few years. Now, again, that doesn't mean that this offense is going to be more successful. That's why I say it's going to look different, but for better or for worse, because that may equate to a couple of deep shots that get completed, maybe some big yardage, ideally some scoring, some touchdown there so that the variance shifts a little bit more to the offensive efficiency side. But it also may end up resulting in some more turnovers as well. We know that this is a team, the New Orleans Saints, that set a, that set a record in the NFL last season with only eight turnovers across the entire season in 2019. So we know that this is a team that likes to protect the ball. That could become something that gets gets to looking a little bit different with Jameis Winston under center. We know that he has a propensity to throw interceptions, basically going back to not only last year, but years before to where he's been in the double digits and in the mid-teens in that stat, but particularly last year when you look at the 30 interceptions. Now, we of course, we have to remember and keep in mind that Bruce Arians was a big part of that as well. Every single quarterback that Bruce Arians has coached in their first year has seen a jump in interceptions. We've seen it all across the NFL with him, so we do have to take that into account also. But the matchup against the Atlanta Falcons is actually a very healthy one for Jameis Winston, who has 25 touchdowns against them in his career and nine interceptions. That's a pretty good ratio compared to Drew Brees, who's around 18 and eight, 18 and five, I believe, actually 18 touchdowns, five interceptions in that same span of time. So when you look at this, the other part to remember is that we just talked about qualifying a little bit for Jameis Winston for last year with Bruce Arians being his head coach. Four of the nine interceptions against the Falcons came in the two games last year two interceptions in each of those games. But otherwise, he's been very successful. One, two, three, four. Essentially, he's only got one, no, excuse me, two non-multiple touchdown games. He's got three, four touchdown games and three, three touchdown games as well. So he scores a lot against this defense. And he does show, again, the big thing about this is variance. Luke Braun and I talked about this over on Locked on NFL on Tuesday's episode that analytically, you tend to want those guys and you're okay with those guys with higher variance because touchdowns lead to points, interceptions can lead to points and might lead to points. Obviously, the pick six thing that was happening with Jameis Winston, we don't want to see a repeat of in New Orleans at all. 
But with the way that this defense has stepped up over the last couple of uh, couple of weeks in particular, you do have a little bit of a safeguard if you're willing to be a little bit more risky on the offensive side. I don't know that the Saints jump to that immediately. I think that you use the weapons around Jameis Winston. You have Alvin Kamara, who has yet to score a touchdown against the Atlanta Falcons in his career. Get him that touchdown, put the ball in his hands, and then let him create, let him bring on the magic after that. What we've seen so far from what should be a guy in MVP conversation, certainly in the Offensive Player of the Year conversation. You also have last year's Offensive Player of the Year in Michael Thomas, who hasn't really gotten in rhythm yet. Maybe now this is his opportunity to do that, to provide Jameis Winston somebody closer to the line of scrimmage as an option. But I'm going to keep my eye out on guys like Deontay Harris and Marquez Calloway, who have gotten a lot of reps with Jameis Winston in second team on the offensive side in practice, and who can be threats deep down the field. Remember, one of the better passes that we had talked about during training camp came from Jameis Winston to Marquez Calloway in camp. So definitely, I would look out for those two players as well. But this offense should look at least a little bit different just in terms of the amount of times that this that, that Jameis Winston is going to be willing to go downfield versus the amount of times that Drew Brees was willing to go downfield. And again, it can be for better. It can also be for worse. So we'll see what that actually works out to being. But again, Jameis Winston having a lot of success against the Atlanta Falcons. I'm talking about the weapons that are around him. So I can't also leave out Taysom Hill and the way that he factors in there. Remember, Taysom Hill's coming off of a great game against the Atlanta Falcons at the end of last year, the 26 to 18 win where he had two rushes for 33 yards and a touchdown two catches for 12 yards and a touchdown, and he also attempted a pass in that game as well. So he had two touchdowns in that matchup. So he's actually performed pretty well against the Atlanta Falcons. He's rushed for over 30 yards a couple of times, and he has a great run yard average against the Falcons as well. And a lot of that does have to do with a small sample size, yes, but it's the sample size we got, so it's a sample size that we're going to work with, right? Uh, So far, when you look at Taysom Hill and the way that he's been able to run against the Atlanta Falcons, you probably could see him get some opportunities in the backfield and get some opportunities to get the ball in his hands and also create on his own as well. So Jameis Winston, somebody that's going to be able to really have a lot of different weapons around him that he can utilize and operate with in many different ways. you got Latavius Murray, who could be the battering ram when they just want to pick up some short yardage on the ground and set a precedence with the run game. Maybe that helps to set up some play action shots as well down the field for guys like Taysom, for guys like Emmanuel Sanders, for guys like the two guys that I just mentioned that he has a lot of chemistry with in Marquez Calloway, as well as Deontay Harris. So I see this as being a good opportunity and a good matchup for both of these players coming into this game in sort of relief of Drew Brees to open up. I think this is a good opponent for them. Now, of course, we've talked about before that the Atlanta Falcons are trending up, but the Saints defense is trending up as well. Atlanta's trend up has to do more with their offensive EPA and their offensive efficiency than it does with their defensive efficiency. So this could end up being a little bit of a shootout, but I have a lot of faith in the Saints defense right now. And I think that the defense, the weapons around uh, Jameis and Taysom, as well as, of course, the way that special teams have played and a familiarity with this opponent for both Jameis and Taysom does put them in a pretty advantageous spot to come out and really introduce whatever this new offense is going to look like with Jameis Winston at quarterback. And I imagine Taysom Hill sprinkled in all along the offense with probably some reps at quarterback as well, especially as we discussed yesterday. If Josh Hill is missing some time, then maybe they end up not keeping Taysom Hill on the sideline, but getting him involved in the offensive plan. Doing it against the Atlanta Falcons seems to be the right recipe for success Anyway, all right, y'all, coming up next to wrap up the show, we're going to jump into our Film Watch Wednesday segment. Going to take a look at three impactful plays from Sunday's win against the San Francisco 49ers. And we'll talk a little bit of analytics as well because Football Outsiders talked about 
the New Orleans Saints run defense as being one of the best run defenses in NFL history, or at least since they started their metrics in 1999. So we'll talk about that coming up next, as well as take a look at those impact plays on Locked on Saints, your team every day. And as the Saints have a variety of weapons to put around this offense and take advantage of, Built Bar has a variety of flavors for you to be able to take advantage of as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market, new and improved, and even deliciouser than they were before. 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They also have the Built Bites as well, in case you want just a little snack to be able to carry around with you. But these Built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health conscious person looking to lose or maintain weight and also making sure you indulge on a delicious treat. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They taste like candy bars, soft and easy to chew, but they are good and good for you. Uh, Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for a keto diet. Take a look at one of my favorite flavors, coconut almond, 18 grams of protein, but only 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Built Bar has reset their promo code for their relaunch. Again, they're new and improved. You can get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Huda Nation, wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with our Film Watch Wednesday segment. We're going to take a look at three impact plays from the New Orleans Saints win against the San Francisco 49ers. Three plays we're going to take a look at are actually the very first play from scrimmage. The Saints setting the tone early with their run defense. Going to talk a bit about the historic run defense that they put together so far and have football outsiders really, really into the Saints run defense. We'll talk about that one. Then we'll jump into uh, Alvin Kamara's second touchdown. Just a little bit of vintage Drew Brees in that one. And then we're going to finish up with Patrick Robinson's interception just outside of the final two minutes of the game that essentially helped to seal the game for the New Orleans Saints who are operating in the red zone in that situation. So we'll take a look at all of that. Just a reminder, tomorrow's episode, Aaron Freeman coming through for Locked on Falcons and the crossover episode between the two of us. And then Friday, we'll bring in Deuce McAllister, who's coming through. I'm very excited to talk with him. And we'll talk a little bit about the uh, the running backs, the offensive line, Drew Brees, this injury, and preview the Falcons game as well as the rest of the season as well. So we'll hit all of that on Thursday and Friday. But now we'll get started with our film watch Wednesday. So we're getting started with the very first play from scrimmage here, 15 minutes of the first quarter, first and 10. What you're going to want to watch in this play is simply C.J. Gardner-Johnson. This is the way that C.J. was used all throughout this game. Dennis Allen really developed a game plan on the defensive side that took advantage of his athleticism, his ability to be able to pursue, as well as Demario Davis uh, also all throughout this game, especially with Quan Alexander being out there to help in coverage. Got an article coming out about Quan Alexander's day over at Canal Street Chronicles later on this week, so don't, don't miss that. I'll let you know when it's out here on the show, of course. But you're looking at Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. He is the uh, bottom most player on the defensive line. Again, this is the very first play from scrimmage. This play is quintessential Kyle Shanahan. The first thing that they do with this is that they motion the tight end back to the inside, which makes it look like C.J. Gardner-Johnson is going to get a one-on-one matchup here with that tight end if he's coming off the edge. Then they end up motioning after the snap. That tight end crosses behind the offensive line across the field. And uh, Nick Mullins just goes straight back to hand it off to Jarek McKinnon. CJ Gardner-Johnson reads this all the way. He's not distracted at all by that tight end. He sees this handoff taking place. He ends up collapsing on the play and making the stop right at the mesh point, essentially hitting that offensive lineman. He come, excuse me, hitting that um, that running back. But 
the thing about this play that's so impressive is the way that CJ Garner Johnson completely clears that offensive lineman. And if you watch it, if you watch it in the end zone angle, this has a lot to do with Trey Hendrickson as well. From the end zone angle, you can see Trey Hendrickson completely eats up that tackle and that guard on the inside has nobody to block because the guard was expecting to be able to collapse on the Trey Hendrickson, freeing up that tackle to make a play on CJ Garner Johnson. Later on in the game, that tackle would get matched up with CJ Garner Johnson and CJ wins that matchup. This was a great uh, opportunity to really establish a tone for this run defense. And uh, Football Outsiders put out a DVOA article on uh, Tuesday, I believe, taking a look at what this New Orleans Saints off, excuse me, defense has achieved so far in the run game and how it compares to teams since 1999, which is where they started doing DVOA. And right now, the Saints, through 10 weeks, with a minus 30, 37.3% DVOA, are the, it's the second best that they've ever recorded amongst run defense DVOA. Then they made some adjustments to account for the fact that their run game is inherently less efficient than the passing game is. So they made some adjustments there. And that just sort of helps you get a better glimpse at what the run defense DVOA looks like and what this actual run defense looks like. And for the Saints in that case, their average is still minus 26.1 below the NFL average, which puts them in fifth place since 1999. And then they made an an another adjustment that essentially makes the Saints the only team since 2014 on this list of top 10 through week 10. So this has been, no matter how you stretch change the, the algorithm, how you change the NFL landscape, the New Orleans Saints are putting together so far one of the best run defense performances ever tracked by football outsiders and their DVOA metric. All right, up next, we're going to stick with the first half here. We're going to go to the end of the second quarter, the second touchdown that Alvin Kamara scores in this game. This is a three-yard touchdown pass to Alvin Kamara. That's just vintage Jabriz. One minute, 19 seconds left in the second quarter is where we're going here. The Saints are tied up 10-10 after going down 10-0. This is the play that gets them the lead going in to halftime. This one starts off with uh, you have a stack formation over on the right side. Uh, Josh Hill is lined up in line with the offensive lineman, but your stack right now is Deontay Harris as well as uh, Emmanuel Sanders. And then over on the opposite side, but in tight to the formation, you've got Michael Thomas and then Alvin Kamara in the backfield as a single lone back. Drew Brees is going to take the snap here, but it's going to get fumbled. And so they start the motion across the line of scrimmage with, excuse me, behind the line of scrimmage with Emmanuel Sanders. When Emmanuel Sanders reaches that right hip of Drew Brees, they snap the ball. Breeze actually ends up dropping this ball. Remember, he's got a deflated lung or rather a collapsed lung and five broken ribs at this point <laughs> in the game. And he's going to bend down. He's going to pick this ball up, turn around. And Alvin Kamara still ends up absolutely wide open, despite the fact that this play really fell apart right away. But because the defense is so locked in on where Michael Thomas is, watch as Michael Thomas releases from the line of scrimmage. He's going to carry a safety, a linebacker and the defensive back that he's already lined up against all into the end zone. And because of that, as well as the other safety, having to pay attention to Emmanuel Sanders cross in the formation, Alvin Kamara has just got daylight all by himself, absolutely all by himself. And he's able to make this catch, turn around, walk into the end zone. That would be his second of three touchdowns on the day. That gives the Saints the lead that they would never give up for the rest of the game there just before they went into halftime. And finally, to wrap us all up and to bookend this segment, we started off with the very first play from scrimmage for the San Francisco 49ers. Let's go to their very last play in the fourth quarter. Two minutes, 32 seconds. The Saints leading by two scores here, but 
The San Francisco 49ers in the red zone with an opportunity to score, kick an onside kick, which we know the Saints struggled with a bunch last season, and then potentially be able to come back and tie this game up if everything sort of went their way. Here's an exact, uh, I guess you could say an exact example of what it's like when that doesn't go your way. So we're going to start this playoff here. So as we pause at the very beginning, we've got a two by one formation. We've got or really a three by one formation. We've got three uh, eligible receivers over on the bottom of the screen, one over on the right side. You're going to see number 13 down at the bottom of the screen. He's going to go in motion. So this is going to essentially turn that left side of the field or the bottom portion that you're looking at into a bit of a trips left formation here. And you're just going to watch Patrick Robinson is the defender that's all the way down at the bottom of the screen. He's going to play this just like he played it against TJ Hawkinson in the Lions game and his other interception in the end zone. He's not going to bite on this double fa- on this double move. So you're going to see them release off the line of scrimmage. The tight end has a bit of a spray release toward the outside. He stutter steps. And instead of Patrick Robinson flipping around and getting out of position and turning his back to the quarterback, he ends up turning and giving his back to the defender, but keeps his eyes on the quarterback. Nick Mullins pulls the trigger and Patrick Robinson is able to get in perfect position to go up and make the play over the tight end for the interception to essentially seal the game for the Saints. They'd have to go out and run the clock out after this, but this kept the kept 49ers out of the end zone, put the ball back in the Saints' hands with a touchback in the end zone. Great interception. And again, just good fundamentals by Patrick Robinson, who is now tied for the team lead in interceptions with two. He got an interception much like this in week four up against the Detroit Lions as well. All right, y'all, before we wrap it up, just one quick update that we just got from Ian Rappaport on Twitter, basically saying that there's no change in the status of Drew Brees at this moment. Uh, you, he ended up with a uh, getting his second opinion here. Uh, and according to Ian Rappaport, after additional tests on Tuesday, there's no change in the status of Saints quarterback Drew Brees, sources say. So that's actually kind of good news. The idea of that second opinion was to make sure that it wasn't worse, not to make sure that maybe they missed something or it wasn't as bad as they thought. It was exactly as bad as they thought, and that's actually good news. The Saints expecting him to miss at least two weeks. This means he probably won't go on injured reserve, and we could see him back sooner than expected. I still think Philadelphia or that little stretch of three games, Philly, Kansas City, Minnesota is probably the target, but we'll see exactly what the Saints end up doing with Drew Brees, who came back from his UCL injury last year much quicker than anyone expected. We'll see how he comes back from these cracked ribs and collapsed lung. But more on this all throughout the week. Don't miss tomorrow's episode crossover Thursday and then Deuce McAllister on Friday. We got that coming up all throughout the rest of the week here. I appreciate you as always for coming through. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson. You can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're momming them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support. Every help me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints and Trust to that Nation. I'll holla at you.